Monday. Oh, boy. This is uh, short of some kind of big free agent signing in baseball for the Brewers. It's a big weekend that just happened, and now we get a chance to talk about it. We're not done with it yet. Packers all but eliminated. I think it's like a 3% chance now of actually making the postseason mathematically still alive, but uh, the dagger has been twisted and stabbed, and uh, I think it is still being sharpened and re-stabbed as the Philadelphia Eagles put an emphatic stamp on the Green Bay Packers defense yesterday. A defense now that in the last two weeks has given up more than 900 yards. Let that sink in. More than 900 yards in the last two weeks. A ridiculous amount of yardage. 363 yards rushing last night. 363 yards rushing last night. That's just craziness. Craziness. 908 total net yards this defense has given up in the last two weeks what was supposed to be at least on paper looked like a defense that was going to be staunch you know getting Jair back he's paid he's locked up and uh, quite frankly I'm kind of tired of his his antics because uh, again when you're getting your ass kicked on a regular basis you don't go out and start doing dances and finger pointing and double birding it and you just don't do that but uh but the defensive front of this Packers team is atrocious, just awful. Um, the missed tackles, they had over almost 20, I think, missed tackles last night. Just an embarrassingly bad performance, again, by this team. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and then, uh, now, Ben, you and I were talking about Luke Fickle last week. And you and I were texting back and forth over the weekend during the game. And I've always said uh, Ryan Day and the Earl, Earl Scheib painted on beard. Um, he's not, he's a, picks up where, you know, everybody else left off recruiting wise, where Urban Meyer left off. He's done a really solid job. He gets the talent, keeps the talent, but he's not a great in-game manager. I don't think he's a great coach by any stretch of the imagination. And again, he's now one and two uh, against the uh, the Michigan Wolverines, and he's 0-2 in the last two years. And his team didn't even look. His team, when they faced adversity, folded. When uh, in that ball game you saw what happened to Harbaugh's team, they came out swinging. Like they had nothing to lose. We're going to punch you in the mouth and see what you do when you respond, if you respond. And they were the better team. I can't argue with it. I can't make excuses. They were the better team. C.J. Stroud, 0-2. over 2 is a quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes against the uh, against Michigan. So you and I are texting back and forth, and the reason I lead into this is because I had said at the time, I don't think Ryan. I think Ryan Day sucks. I don't think he's that good of a coach. And their biggest mistake was allowing Luke Fickle to get away. Because say what you want about the schedule of the Cincinnati Bearcats in that program, he has put more NFL talent in 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 the league. From the uh, from his recruits and college coaching ranks, then he's I mean he's like third best over the last few years with the amount of talent they've had. Put that team into a Final Four. Now, granted, their signature win last year was really over Notre Dame, but still put that team into the Final Four, 
And they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. It wasn't like they were a blowout, thank you for showing up, pat on the head, you know, now get your butt out of here type of type of game. They went toe-to-toe with them for a good period of time. They just were out, man. They just they were out physical. But um, And we're going to hear from Mo Egger today out of Cincinnati. Now, Mo works closely with the University of Cincinnati and the Bearcat program. But uh, I'm texting with Mo last night, and I got a couple of friends of mine that know Luke Fickle rather well, and I said, okay, give it to me. What are the Badgers getting? Because I've already – I had my opinion, but I wanted to get their opinion. They said re- – I mean, his players love him. Love him. That's first and foremost. The fans love him. Obviously, they're success, so you're going to love him. Um, he just had signed that contract extension, turning down USC and other jobs, including Michigan State a couple of years back, to say he wanted to stay at Cincinnati. Whatever became incredibly enticing from the University of Wisconsin, I don't know. He'll have to he'll have to, you know, kind of kind of reiterate that. He had the the Notre Dame job. The problem was Notre Dame wanted him now, and he was not going to leave Cincinnati in a Final Four battle against Alabama. So he he had that Notre Dame job, and it wasn't that he turned it down. It was that he just he, he said, "Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start there until I finish my journey here," and so Notre Dame moved on. But he was wanted by Notre Dame, USC. There's a couple other schools there, and then there's Michigan State. Um, so Luke Fickle, incredibly good recruiter, really good guy. That when it comes to developing developing talent, uh, that's part of his forte, and the guys love him. Boosters love them, fans love them. Now, the, the criticism, which comes with a lot of coaches, is some of the in-game management has not necessarily been great. And the uh, the other add to that I got yesterday was, but he has learned as his seasoning goes on as a head coach, certain things that do and don't work, certain things that do and, and don't do. But for the most part, everybody I've talked to, one, they're stunned that Wisconsin got him. Stunned. Secondly, the you know fight for Paul Bunyan's axe, I don't think either way that game comes out, that means anything. This was something that's been in the works pretty much probably since Paul Christ was fired. That there was feelers that were put out probably on both sides, and if Luke Fickle said, yep, I want to come there, then McIntosh said, you got the job. You got the job. And this is Ben. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a. This will be, should be a culture change for Wisconsin. They are in the lower third in just about every category when it comes to spending money. They're in lower third in facilities. There, and I'm not talking about Camp Randall. I'm talking about practice facilities and such. They're in the lower third in spending when it comes to recruiting. Certain things when it comes to coaching and coaches' pay. I think there's a lot of things that culture-wise. Uh, will during Luke Fickle's regime, hopefully it trends in that direction, that will change. It'll probably start with the money invested in the recruiting side of things because they were a little bit behind the uh, behind the curve when it came to the NIL and the recruitment of, uh, of kids, NIL-wise, specifically through the portal. Ben, am I wrong on that? No, no. I think the NIL stuff, a little more of a question because Fickle uh, maybe wasn't the biggest NIL guy at Cincinnati. But he knows how to adapt, and he knows what's needed. I think this move, more than anything, shows you that McIntosh is very, very committed to moving Wisconsin forward. 
And I'm not talking about, you know, revolutionizing a spread offense with, you know, right. high flying athletes and stuff. But in terms of what is needed to compete, in terms of funneling money, I, just being committed to winning, because I would argue for the last four to five years, I definitely three under Paul Christ, the program was not as committed to winning as it maybe seemed behind the scenes. Right. So this shows the commitments there. It's a perfect fit. I, I was completely floored when the news came out. Not for the fact that, like, the fit makes perfect sense. I wasn't floored that, like, the job would be open and would be his if he wanted it. I was floored that he would leave Cincinnati for Wisconsin because he's already shown I, yeah. that he was going to stay for, you know, Michigan right. State, Notre Dame. And I guess it's a good thing. It means Wisconsin is viewed at, at least by Fickle, as a good enough job to make this jump which I, right. I think is a significant part of this. I think even when you get USC and UCLA into the Big Ten, I still think, um, you know, USC probably higher on that scope, but I still think that you have Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and then maybe USC and then Wisconsin. Your top four or five in what will then be the Big 12, Big 13, whatever it happens to be by the time it's already done. But 14, 15, 16, depending on how big this grows, you're still one of those top programs. And you're still, while you're on the outside looking in of a, of a team like Ohio State, you're still right there staring down that barrel of playing near the top spot in the Big Ten should you put this train back on the tracks. Now, also, Nebraska's up their game with hiring rule. So if you want to call it that, they're obviously going, hey, we're we're going to bring in another name as well. Now, I don't know if Fickle ever was approached about the Nebraska job. That I couldn't tell you. Uh, he maybe was. he'll. I, you got Well, you got to figure he was. I don't know how serious the talks were. And I, here's the other question: I don't know what. And, and again, I hopefully he answers this. What made Wisconsin so much more um, attractive than the other jobs that are out there? Than the other people that came calling, and that I really want to know that. I really want to know that. Not to say, you know, you can go pound your chest, but at least you have that ability to say, okay, here's something that the Badgers excel in or the optimism the Badgers program has. Something to that effect. I could give my sense on it. When you look at Wisconsin versus Nebraska, Nebraska can boast an unlimited sum of money. Booster support, like their NIL programs go crazy. Uh, All the fan support, obviously. But they've been largely irrelevant for 20, 20 plus years, 25 years. So it's a little bit more of a rebuilding job there because they don't have a very recent track record of success, though you do have ridiculous money around you. At Wisconsin, maybe the money isn't as good. He's getting paid a lot salary wise, but I mean money in the program, NIL, things of that nature. The money isn't as good, but they have a long track record of success where you could look right back to four years ago and say, okay. It shouldn't be that hard to get Wisconsin back to that. I uh, I would agree. You can turn, the, especially if you get a transfer portal quarterback that is pretty good quality, mid to upper mid-level, and you can develop him even further than what maybe his talents were expected to be, and you can put yourself right back in the map. But the big thing that he's going to have to find is additional talent to go around the quarterback position. And I, I'm going to be excited to see what he does with, you know, with, uh, with with the offense in the sense of, you know, do you go with 
The because remember, I mean, I started talking. We'll we're going to talk with Mo Egger from uh, WLW out of Cincinnati in the ESPN Radio in Cincinnati coming up uh, in about an hour and fifteen minutes from now. But one of the things that was so impressive was in my text back and forth last night with Mo was the he had numerous kids that had a shot to go to Ohio State, and he was able to out recruit OSU to bring some of those guys, couple of linemen, couple of receivers. Uh, Sauce Gardner was a guy that was being recruited by many before he got back. You know, he's obviously in the league now. Um, That he got over Ohio State and a couple other bigger colleges. I mean, that's how strong a recruiter. Now, that's the resume he brings coming into Wisconsin. Hopefully that continues. Obviously, he's got a pipeline into at least portions of the Midwest, so it's not going to be unfamiliar territory to him. But he was recruiting. I mean, if you've ever been to the campus of the University of Cincinnati, it's small. It's in a war zone, and it's small. It's not a big campus at all. It's not like he's got this massive facility. And I mean, it's it's just not. They've renovated uh, what's I don't even know what it's called now, but it used to be the old Nippert Stadium. That's what they play in. They've renovated it to expand seating, but I still think they're like at forty or fifty thousand. It's not a big stadium at all. My high school used to sell it out years ago. I mean, we, we, you know, I shouldn't say we, I didn't do it, but my high school sold it out better than University of Cincinnati football did. C- Cincinnati football got put on the map when Brian Kelly went there. And Brian Kelly turned that program around and made him at least recognizable. And then what Luke Fickle did was take it and run with it and obviously put him into a, a title contention last year. So, Oh, and he uh, took it over for Tuberville. It was a disaster. So right, he knows right. what it what it's like yep. to take over a somewhat broken situation and fix it. <clears throat> right. Yeah, Tuberville was a – you're right. He was an awful disaster, and a lot of people just want to forget about him, that he was even in the midterm guy between Brian Kelly and, and Luke Fickle. But he – he did wonders with that program. Absolutely. Uh, 877-867-1670. Jason says, can you see any of these Cincinnati players transferring to come to play for Fickle? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they liked them that much. So to answer your question, yeah. I, it happens with coaches all throughout football. When, when coaches leave, there are players that are attached to them or maybe commits that are attached to them and want to go play for that coach that back out of their commitment to a college and they go to a different area. Uh, they go to a different school. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about, you know, Lincoln Riley. So, and, and what went on there. So he got his quarterback, his wide receiver. I mean, you know, Caleb Williams has been fantastic out there and he was the guy that, you know, left and went with Lincoln Riley. He was, a, you know, in a brief breath associated with the Badger program. Uh, oh, former think, Wisconsin quarterback Caleb Williams. Right, which it was more, I think, a, a hold-your-breath wishful thinking situation, but he was at least mentioned, and I think Wisconsin came in a, a distant second to Lincoln Riley and USC. But And watching Caleb Williams play the other night, holy mackerel, that guy. I just kept thinking to myself, what if he'd end up with the Badgers? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's phone number to do so. Hit us up over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Ben Z. Kenny producing the show. Ben Kenny today back from Philadelphia. We'll talk more about that. Uh, find us and watch us over on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch TV. You can always email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Find us on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. And the website is thebillmichaels.com. Dot com. Good stuff. This portion of the program right away brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor 
of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, I can hang my hat on that. That's the moment I've been preparing for. Like I said, this whole season, you never know when it will come. But, uh, yeah, you know, especially in a game like this, like I said, my mindset was let's go win. You know, let's go make a comeback and go win. Don't let it be like oh, the backup saying the game's over, you know. Um, let's go try and win it. Welcome back. Uh, those are the words of Jordan Love. Jordan Love saying let's go out and win this thing. Almost did it last night. Did not look bad. Not look bad at all. As a matter of fact, Jordan Love, uh, 6 of 9 last night, 113 yards, had that 63-yard touchdown pass to uh, to Christian Watson. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, he uh, whew, he ended up uh, bursting onto the scene in the last three, four games, didn't he? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, maybe it just takes some guys some time. Maybe just needed to get healthy. But I'll say this. Once he caught the pass on the crossing route, was it just me, or does Christian Watson just make look guys look slow? And we're not talking guys that are, like, you know, running with lead feet and cement shoes. I mean, these are quick defensive backs, and he just has a stride. Man. Oh, I thought it was just man, a perfect man, throw. Good. Never seen a throw that good. <laughs> I'm he all in, good. Though. He looked good. Uh, you know, and again, one game and, and one, you know, quarter and a half of football does not a career make. But he looked good. He looked good. I was, I, Which you're glad to see him look good in case anything happens and Rodgers calls it a season or calls it a career or what have you. That at least if he's, you know, I, I, look, I want to see Jordan Love do good and, and do really well for a couple of reasons. One, it ups his trade value, first and foremost. If they decide to get rid of him, there you go. Secondly, if Jordan Love plays extremely well, well, then you don't feel nearly as uh, as much angst if you decide to turn the reins over to him. But, you know, I, again, for as much as Jordan Love looked terrible in a couple of games that he actually prepped for, go back to the Kansas City game last year, the second half of the Detroit game last year, uh, and I didn't go crazy, I didn't overreact, I just said, look, I, it's it's always what I thought I, thought it was. And last night, I'm not going to go overboard. I'm not going to go crazy and say, oh, my God, he's so much better. He's done anything and everything he possibly can to become a better quarterback. I'm sure he has gotten better. He should. But like I said, you know, a quarter and a half for a defense that really wasn't scheming for him, now you wait and see. You know, if he ends up playing the remainder of the season, now you wait and see. But he looked good. He was very decisive with the football. He, he, We've always known he's had a pretty strong arm. He throws it on a pretty good rope. But he did a lot of good things last night. So kudos to Jordan Love in a in a somewhat difficult situation. And uh, it's unfortunate he didn't get the ball back because after with about nine minutes to go in the game, <laughs> the defense completely drained the life out of any Packers fan even breathing a breath as that pool was immediately drained because a seven-minute seven drive went on, basically running the football right down their throats, and the defense had no answer, absolutely nothing. Last night, Jalen Hurts only threw the ball 28 times. They ran it last night 49 times for 363 yards. That's embarrassing. That's just embarrassing. I don't care who you are. 
That's a, that's a hurry. And again, 406 yards given, or uh, 906 yards given up in the last two weeks by this Packers defense. And last week it was against a team that only averaged a couple hundred yards. Going into that game, uh, just embarrassingly bad. Obviously missing Rashawn Gary and such and, and, you know, some injuries to Andre Campbell. You know, a couple of key components to that defense. But come on, man, just missed tackles. Holy mackerel. They were awful. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, uh, please go ahead and do so. Uh, Luke Fickle, uh, his presser is today at 4 o'clock, right, Ben? Yeah, this afternoon. Yeah, it's not, we're not going to carry it. I had a couple of people that said, hey, you're going to carry it live. Uh, not on this show. No, we'll it's have after we audio of it coming up tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll have some more of that. And hopefully we get a chance to talk to Chris McIntosh or Luke Fickle himself. I mean, we'd love to get him on the program and talk a little bit about all of that. But it is what it is. So, uh, we'll, we'll, But we are going to talk with Mo Egger. And like I said, Mo uh, works in Cincinnati, ESPN Radio there, WLW as well, but also works uh, closely with the Uni- uh, University of Cincinnati basketball program and football program. Covers them both, and uh, we'll talk with him about what uh, what to expect out of Luke Fickle. So, um, this is from Mark, who said, "Is there any way to get out of Kenny Clark's salary?" Kenny Clark looked bad last night. He looked he looked bad. He looked tired. He looked gassed. And there were times he was just getting blown up by Kelsey one on one last night. He did, he didn't even. It, it wasn't like um, you know he had a ton of double teams crashing down on him. He just he looked bad last night too. It was just. It was just an all-out craptastic effort. I don't know what else to say, and I don't know how else to say it. It was a it was a bad effort, bad effort last night. Um, we had a caller call in and said, uh, "How many uh, good Badger players do you think will stay with the program?" Um, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, if if that's a great question, and the other question is. Uh, does Jim Leonard still have a job? Now, it's my understanding that Leonard and Fickle are meeting today. That's my understanding. Um, Jim Leonard has turned down other jobs to stay at Wisconsin. Uh, and not in recent history, but in, a couple of years ago, I talked to somebody uh, close to him who said he's just a Wisconsin guy. He loves Madison. He loves that scene he just he loves his job he loves the institution uh who knows maybe fickle comes in and goes hey look dude uh i know things got a little bit sideways and recruiting was way down and such but you've pretty consistently had one of the top five top 10 defenses in the country over the last three four years and i don't want to let that go uh will you stay on as a defensive coordinator now I don't know with if if I was really 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 aspiring for a head coaching job, and I just got passed over in this program for a different guy, and that guy now comes to me and says I want to keep you after I was just the interim. I don't know. You, you gotta. I don't know if it's a matter of swallowing your pride or just wanting to know your space. So that's a great question. I I don't. I don't. That's up to Luke Fickle. I would assume. I can't imagine Chris McIntosh saying, hey, I've already talked to uh, to Jim when we hired him on as the uh, interim. I've already talked to him. He knows he's going back to being a D coordinator after it's all said and done. So here you go. you got to keep him. I, I can't imagine that. But I certainly, if I'm Luke Fickle, <laughs> he's one of the key components to that defense that I would be talking to and saying, hey, 
do you want to, let's first and foremost, do you want to stay? Do you want to work with me? Do you want to work for me? Do you, do you want to stay? Because if you're upset, you don't think you can get past it, you know, and be honest, but you just let us know. But he is such a Wisconsinite and Wisconsin guy through and through. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be a, that'd be a, a really, really interesting dynamic. And if it worked out, it would be one of the most unselfish, unself-centered moves that I can recall in a long, long time. Because even interim coaches who get the job happenstance-wise, nine times out of ten, they're blown out. They know if they don't get that job, then that institution, that co- team they're coaching, they're, they're pretty much done. They're, they're on their way out the door. So I, I don't, you know. And again, now you look at, you know, hindsight being what it is, everybody talks about whether or not Jim Leonard should have taken the Packers job. Uh, I would I would love to see what this defense and the aggressiveness would look. When was the last time, and Ben, I know you're short-lived into this particular area and Packers, uh, you know, lore, but can you tell me the last time you saw a defense out of the Green Bay Packers that was a, uh, we are going to take it to you, we're going to punch you in the mouth and let the chips fall where they may as opposed to, we're going to keep everything in front of us. We're going to play on our heels. We're going to play not to lose type of defense. I can't remember the last time I saw that. There's not one off the top of my head. Maybe the first year that the Smith brothers walked through the doors at 1265, Preston and Zedarius. They brought an attitude. They brought a pomposity. They brought a charisma. They brought a, a confidence. And maybe that was the last time that I saw anything like that really start to blossom in Green Bay. But I, I can't remember, you know, has this team ever had a, a Troy Palomalu type of safety? Have they ever had a Ray Lewis type of linebacker? Have they ever had, you know, when was the last time they had the, the likes of a, a Gravedigger on the on the line of scrimmage? 2010 had those guys, right? At least uh, some of them. Some of them, yeah. They were, you know, Ryan Pickett. Big body, yeah. Cullen Jenkins played solid till he got hurt, and he was worried more about free agency than he was about coming back and, and you know playing through the uh, stretch run to try to put them into the postseason. Clay Matthews um, was yeah, that guy. Clay Matthews was a tenacity guy, but just in the trenches up front, you had B.J. Raji, very quick feet, good big body leverage. He had a tenacious to, tenaciousness to him. Uh, C.J. Wilson, Howard Green, they had that rotation of those big bodies that would come in and kind of grind on you and wear on you and then let everybody else kind of clean it all up. Uh, and then, obviously, you had a good safety in Nick Collins. He loved to hit. He had good coverage capability, good wheels. You know, A.J. Hawk was sideline to sideline, even though people already had thought, you know what, trade him for Marshawn Lynch, throw him into the deal, get rid of him. Thank God they didn't because he was the guy that, basically had his best season and orchestrated a lot of that defense as a signal caller in the middle. So it, it was, it, it, it just, you know, they had a good defense, but they were more opportunistic. They rushed the quarterback, got him off his mark, and they were very opportunistic at taking the ball away. And the number one guy doing that was obviously Charles Woodson, the defensive player of the year that year. But I don't remember probably going all the way back to 96 was probably the last time they had a defense that just wanted to take it to you, that just wanted to punch you in the mouth. That might be the last time. That might be the last time.
877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin well beyond the borders and uh, getting it done with a 98% success rate. That's 98% success rate uh, at treating it. All but saying, hey, we can cure you. That's a 98% success rate. So they don't say they can cure you for sure, guaranteed, but it's damn close. Then when it comes to feeling tired, feeling moody, feeling sluggish, if you just kind of run down and just dragging, you can't figure out why, it could be low T. If you're over the age of 30, stop in and get your numbers checked. Takes you maybe 10 minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Tell them we sent you. Call them 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. That's the New Mel Medical Center plus the All-in-One Weight Loss Program. They can really help you out. It's working for me. It can work for you, too. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. over at Pindell. I know it's that time of year, but if you're thinking about uh, maybe in the uh, 2023 season changing jobs, careers, check out our friends at Pindell. P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Pindell.com, a quality machining and manufacturing company. Robotics, they can train you. They can train you not only to, to do the job, but to advance, to make it a career. And if you want to go on and, you know, build your own company one day, they'll help you do that too. But uh, if you're looking for a good company to work with, in the state of Wisconsin or uh, within the sound of my voice, please feel free. If you're looking for a company to work for in partnership with, they would be glad to have you. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L dot com. That is Pindell dot com. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Mark who says, both the Badgers and the Packers coaching staffs need to go. This has been a subpar year for football in the state of Wisconsin. It's been embarrassingly bad from what the predictions were and what the expectations are to where they have actually ended up. This is awful. Um, ben, let me ask you. Has uh, Because at the beginning of the season, I said, I could see the Badgers winning eight, nine games. Obviously woefully wrong. But were your, your expectations were a little more tepid, right? I thought nine and three, but yeah. definitely raised all the questions that people had. I, I did not foresee what ended up coming. Right. Um, yeah, we didn't foresee. I, I don't think any of us thought that Paul Chris would be fired midseason. I don't think that uh, any of us, once Paul Chris was fired, I don't think anybody saw that Jim Leonard was not going to be the one getting the job. That was pretty, that was a really well kept secret, wasn't it? Oh, there were. There was a prominent unnamed Wisconsin writer as recently as the night before Saturday night was still tweeting. It was going to be Leonard. And I think Sunday morning, like an hour before the news dropped, I blindsided everybody. I uh, now it's funny because you and I were talking last week about Luke Fickle and we were talking about, you know, if Jim Leonard didn't get the job, I said that that that's the direction you go. But we all assume that Jim Leonard was getting the job. Um, But. I, I've been high on the Luke Fickle bandwagon for a while, and we're going to find out a lot more about him coming up with Mo Egger from ESPN Radio at the bottom of the next hour. We'll get kind of the lowdown and how Luke Fickle is and an insight into the program. But 
I've just heard so many good things from people there that have really opened my eyes. Now, like I said, the argument always is and always will be when it comes with coaches, how good are they in game? You know, some say early on Fickle was not great. But as time went on, he got so much better at it. And uh, last year, you know, obviously the Notre Dame job popped up. He wasn't able to take that. Uh, But this is a guy that, you know, he knows recruiting. He's the winningest coach in Cincinnati history. And and usually it's easy to do because if you get a few seasons of winning under your belt, you're gone because that's considered a stepping stone program. Um, Now you wait and see if, say, a guy like Braylon Allen uh, decides to stay. I I know there was a couple of automatic decommits like right away. Chris, uh, was it Tarek? Uh, yep. That uh, the four star recruit he got out of it, uh, Roderick uh, Pierce the third, he decommitted as well. You know, immediately once Luke Fickle was announced. But I, you know, you can't argue with fifty eight and seventeen, and three straight American Athletic Conference championships. He won titles in twenty and twenty one. He was uh, the consensus coach of the year in in twenty twenty one with a thirteen and one record. And he obviously last year went to the college football playoffs. I mean, hey, he's had success. He's he's had success. So, it's not even about the on the field or lack thereof for me. He right. just like he succeeded at Cincinnati. No offense, but like they're not. What number in terms of popularity program are they in the state of Ohio? Two. Oh God, no. Um, as far as colleges go, football, college football, college football. That's really kind of the only other game in town. You got Ohio State and then the University of Cincinnati and the University of uh, Miami of Ohio, which is where Roethlisberger played. Um, There's the Ohio Bobcats in Athens, Ohio. The Dayton Flyers. I don't even know if Dayton has a football team anymore. Um, Like Xavier University is more known for basketball because they don't even have a football team. So, yeah, I mean, UC would probably just by default almost – be the second program in the state yeah i guess my point is he has shown an off the field ability to build and that's more important to me than on the field right i don't care if he messes up fourth down decisions as long as the recruiting's healthy and there's talent in the building and good staffs and all that stuff yeah i yeah i uh I, I, I've said all along, look, I know that the schedule isn't a murderer's row playing for the University of Cincinnati, but he's had success. And, you, you know, you take a guy like, let's say, um, Lance Leipold. Well, Lance Leipold wasn't playing Alabama every week when he was playing, you know, coaching Buffalo, but he got that recognition. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, Kansas is on the map. He's done some good things there, you know. So, I, you know, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule when you take it over. And what you do with it after that, if you start winning championships, eventually you're going to get noticed. And, you're, and especially, especially if you're a small school, you're not Alabama, you're not Clemson, you're not the U, you're not Ohio State, you're not Michigan, you're not any of those programs, but you're the third best at putting guys into the National Football League who have had success. Yeah, you, you, you're going to get noticed. Uh, I know we got a, we got a, people on hold hanging there. We also got Matt Mitchell coming up. Uh, he's going to be joining us uh, from the Action Network, talk a little bit about the betting over the weekend because there were some upsets there, too. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Eagles, 40-33 at Lincoln Financial Field. Philadelphia jumped out to a 13-0 lead, led by Jalen Hurts, who rushed for 158 yards, the most ever in a game for an Eagles quarterback, surpassing Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, and Donovan McNabb, Hurts, after the game. You know, I have a great deal of respect for those guys, the guys that have come before me, Randall, uh, Mike, McNabb, and they don't even know how they've affected me, impacted me in my time here. And it's an understatement to say how much I appreciate them because I do. The Packers tied it up at 20 apiece, but Aaron Rodgers, playing with that fractured thumb, suffered a hit to his rib cage that's going to require an MRI today. That's ribs, and it was in the first half and then got kind of re-aggravated in the third quarter. Just having a hard time breathing. I was worried uh, about a punctured lung as well. Jordan Love took over in the fourth quarter and threw a 63-yard touchdown pass to rookie receiver Christian Watson, his sixth of the season, who showed off his speed. I take a lot of pride in my speed. I think that's a big part of my game. Um, so, you know, anytime I can create a little bit of separation uh, and, you know, just get that edge, um, obviously there's opportunity for big plays. But the Eagles took over and grinded out a 10-play drive that finished with a 54-yard field goal. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. When you have a kicker like Jake Elliott, you trust him to make those situations. Um, And he drilled it. We have so much faith in him. Jordan Love finished with two scoring drives in the final period and a quarterback rating of 146.8. Matt LaFleur. I'm not shocked to be honest with you, that he went out there and, and played well and showed great poise uh, that we see it on a daily basis. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Back to the program. We got our buddy Matt Mitchell joining us, and uh, it's all brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Pottawatomie, go to paysbig.com. Pottawatomie Hotel, still this month, still some time, as a matter of fact, if you want to get in. As they still have uh, one of those Chevy Tahoes to give away, stop in, check out PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino in uh, downtown Milwaukee. Matt Mitchell of the Action Network, uh, old boy Uncle Mitch over there on Twitter, joining us now on the hotline. So, uh, first of all, Matt, first and foremost, uh, Green Bay Packers defensively giving up 900 yards in the last couple of weeks. I know that quarterback situations for both teams going into the game in Chicago is iffy. Is that even on the board in Vegas at this point? Because we don't even know if uh, Justin Fields or Rodgers is going to play. Yeah, usually you have to wait for the quarterback situation to solidify itself before they will drop it. Checking right now, I am not seeing it, but I will... uh, it will certainly be a game that gamblers everywhere will be eyeing. Oh, I've seen it now. Minus two and a half. Packers minus two and a half on the road in Chicago. Oh. A very interesting line. Certainly indicates to me that Rodgers won't play. Okay. So uh, we're kind of leaning in that direction. Uh, does Jordan Love's performance in the last quarter of that game last night have any bearing on this situation? And are we still questioning whether or not Justin Fields is actually going to be on the field in that game? There's some speculation that Fields' injury might be season-ending, so I'm I'm very interested and intrigued by this line because two and a half is you know with home field advantage that's essentially a pick 'em um, mm-hmm. with giving you know, giving Chicago a short home field advantage uh, in, a, in a Jordan Love versus whomever uh, backup in Chicago that does feel more like uh, an entry apiece, but the way the Packers are playing and scoring. I'd still lean to the Packers. Chicago looked absolutely dreadful, and I think as long as Fields is off the field, they are they've turned back into pumpkins. Uh, there's there's some really interesting games this coming weekend. Uh, one of them being, uh, and just betting wise, Detroit at home 
giving a point and a half to the Jaguars. Now, Detroit went, I mean, they gave anything and everything they had in that game on Thanksgiving. They had won uh, a few straight up until that point. Jacksonville getting a big win over the weekend as well. This is a really small spread, though, for those te- these two teams. Yes, as a Bills fan who was just sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner with about a minute left in that Bills-Lions <laughs> game, Boy, they couldn't have really, really made me a bad dinner guest for a short period of time there. Um, but, yeah, Detroit caught a lot of breaks, but Dan Campbell continues to be the worst coach uh, in the NFL in the third quarter. He makes staff makes no defensive adjustments. Jacksonville has a, a very good staff, a very good head coach, a Super Bowl champion head coach. Uh, they play a lot better at home than they do on the road, though. So I think that the spread indicates that. But Detroit, you know, after some speculation that they might quit on Dan Campbell, they're coming off a very impressive, I think, two-game stretch. I think, you know, the line indicates it's anybody's game, and I would tend to agree. It's going to be a, kind of a wait-and-see where this line goes. The Jets, uh, they find a spark. They sit their starting quarterback, bring Davis in. He lights it up and looks extremely good. In the meantime, the Vikings sitting at 9-2, and two, kind of comfortable right now. Second place right now in the NFC. They're only given three in this ballgame coming up next week with a noon kickoff against the Jets. Yeah, the Jets were. Jets franchise dying for Zach Wilson to, to sit on the bench, especially after that disastrous press conference. Mike White, Western Kentucky's own, a very a, a friend to gamblers everywhere, absolutely lights it up yesterday. And, you know, the, the Jets seem rejuvenated. They seem ready to rally behind Mike White. Minnesota defense, nothing special. I would take the three right now if you're looking to get involved in this game. I don't see it getting any higher. And I don't see Zach Wilson hitting the field anytime soon, especially after that performance. Minnesota struggled against a good defense in Dallas when they got their doors absolutely blown off at home. Jets defense, very similar. Excellent quarterbacks. Uh, some people that can, you know, shut down Justin Jefferson as, as close as you can to that. So, of course, it does give you pause because it's, uh, it's, uh, um, it's the kind of game that can get out of hand early if Minnesota comes out scoring. Jets might not be able to keep up, but it's a, it's a game to watch, and I think the Jets are a team to be reckoned with right now. I think the big game uh, next weekend is the AFC Championship rematch, and that's uh, this time Kansas City on the road in Cincinnati. Kansas City actually giving two and a half. The Bengals coming off a really good defensive performance. They should get Jamar Chase back for this game, but Cincinnati's offense has looked a little stagnant since Jamar Chase went down with the injury. Uh, so give me your thoughts on that game. Uh, that one's actually in Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati's big problem early in the season was kind of disastrous offensive line playing. They've shored that up. And since then, they've been, I believe, a top-five unit after the first couple of weeks. So Kansas City, not one to get a ton of pressure anyway. So I think the over is an interesting play in this one. If the weather holds, you never know. You know, early early December in Cincinnati, right. you never know what's going to happen. But if this game stays dry, totals at 51.5, it might seem you know square, but there could be an awful lot of passing touchdowns, especially if Jamar Chase comes back. And hard to, hard to imagine both teams don't score 24 in this one. Um, Kansas City looks incredible. They took care of business, covered as a huge favorite against the dreadful Rams yesterday. They look like a team that is peaking at the right time. Um, though I'm, I wonder how long that will continue, but should be an incredible game. Hey, real quick, uh, your Thursday night game, the Bills, uh, who just did eke by on Thanksgiving Day, they're they're five and a half point favorites going into the into New England to take on the Patriots. I I man, that seems like a big spread against Bill Belichick. The last time the Bills and Patriots played in that playoff game in Buffalo when it was, you know, negative a million degrees was arguably the best sport.
sports watching experience of my entire life when the Bills scored a touchdown on every single drive that they had throughout an entire playoff game. I'm sure that is fresh in the mind of the Patriots and their fan base and their coach. It is an awful lot of points for a defense that's this good against a offense struggling as much as, as Buffalo's is. Von Miller going to be out indefinitely. They have been totally snake bit on the defensive front. Uh, there's a reason that the, the Patriots plus five and a half is, is shaded at minus 114, certainly indicating that more people like the Patriots uh, than the Bills in this one. And in a season where underdogs have feasted, I think taking the five and a half is the, is the right play. Matt, we're going to talk again on Friday. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of the week. We appreciate it, pal, okay? Thanks, Bill. Good luck, everybody. There you go. Matt Mitchell, old boy Uncle Mitch over there on Twitter, the Action Network. You can find his stuff. Great to have him on board and uh, part of our friends from Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. PaysBig.com for all the action at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. We're going to talk with Eric Branchek of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Bottom of the next hour, don't forget, we're going to get the Luke Fickle lowdown. Mo Egger from ESPN Radio in Cincinnati is going to be joining us as well. Stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.